Commercial Cash Flow Show. Brandon Buto and Martin Gore here with another week of the Commercial Cash Flow Show. So this week we are expounding and expanding on the question that we got a lot of last week, which was, what is business asset funding? Now, I've had personal experience, business experience on both sides of the business asset funding. So I'm going to let Mr. Gore ask the questions and I'll field them. Business asset funding has been on the horizon for quite some time. I think it's become more prevalent now, especially given the economy and some of the dynamics that have been involved. But since you said business asset funding, it reminded me of a story that I uh, had the other day with my cousin, Vinny. You remember Vinny, right? Transylvania, New Yorker. Yeah, that guy. So he's he's talking to his cousin, Paulie, and and he's he is says Polly D. Uh, no, and this is Polly G. <laughs> Polly G. No, no relation to Polly D. But but you know the the whole funding part. You know it's like you know providing some sort of protection. You know to to grow and move your business. Well, Polly was talking about the fact that he started using laughing gas as deodorant, and I'm like, and I'm like, Vinny, who uses laughing gas as deodorant? It's like well, apparently Polly does. Pooh. I was like, what happened? He was smelling funny all day. <laughs> but to speak to what you're talking about, as far as business or, or asset-backed funding. Did he say it like that, or did he say, he's smelling funny all day? No, he didn't say he's smelling. <laughs> Come on, man, he's Vinny from the Bronx. I'm he's not Transylvania, from Transylvania. Okay, you and your <laughs> Transylvanian cousin, cousins. So, asset-backed uh, funding. Uh, there are a lot of different components of it. Some of the questions I've been, uh, asked are what is it and what are the more weird or non-normal aspects of asset based funding? Because there, I'm getting a lot of different interpretations of it. And that seems to be the modicum is like, nobody has a clear, uh, a crystalline, you know, definition of exactly what is it? What 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 could I expect? It might be weird, and what's what's to be expected? It's kind of the norm. Correct. So, to bring it, and for lack of a better word, to bring it down to a third grade level, asset based funding in any form or fashion would be: you have an asset that has a current value, mm -hmm. and there's myriads of ways to find out the actual current value of this asset and you have a funding source. Most often these funding sources will be bank backed, but you got to think the bank is lending to a reputable middleman. Otherwise they could be, they could be self-funding, but they're still going to want these same rates or even more exorbitant rates because they're wanting a return for their money. Correct. And they're fitting in the middle. They're inheriting the risk of this asset based loan and there's going to be a loan to value, much like a, a home loan, where it's 80-20 for a conventional. Mm -hmm. uh, what do they do on Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac? 3%, something like that. Right. So that's because it's federally backed. But there's going to be a loan to value ratio on the physical assets. A lot of times, so this, the sky's the limit on what you have and what you want to do with it. If you're putting up an owned asset, not a financed asset, because that that throw some extra stuff into the mix. What's, well, you know, 
first lean position, second lean position. We're not even going to get into that. Sure. Uh, so, we, let's, so let's go with let's, let's, so let's go with wholly owned assets. Wholly owned assets. Let's say you're a trucking company. Let's say we're not talking about factoring because we did get a bunch of questions on that, and we're going to answer these uh, in a little bit. Right. Wholly owned assets. You're a trucking company. You have ten older fully owned 18 wheelers in your 20 truck fleet you're wanting to expand because you picked up a big contract or something happened mm -hmm. banks not given the credit line whatever whatever the case may be you're wanting to use the 10 older trucks trucks and trailers as assets, as assets. For, for a potential loan a stand, a, a, a customary now don't quote me on this the markets vary geographically they're very um in any form or fashion variably that you that you could assume mm -hmm. but more often than not in between 40 and 60 percent loan to value on a physical movable asset like that not a real estate asset and it depends on the market volatility and stuff like that so let's say that your trucks and, and they do have actual bank appraisers or um sometimes they use uh the larger national uh, insurance appraisers. Right. So we get the we get the property appraised. The actual value. That's the, the, the actual value. Market value. And and then then I'm going into and, and I'm going to get a loan based on the value of 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 that asset. Correct. Now, what's the difference between going for uh, I guess what's been coming out out around uh, recently is non bank funded asset backed or based loans. Could be. The same exact loan, except passing through a, a middleman, like a broker. A, well, less, more than a broker, because they're putting up all of their skins in the game, right? Even if they are bank funded, Let, let's put okay. that there. Or it could be their own. There, it could be their own held uh, liquidity or cash or whatever. So, what would be the difference between me going through a guy like that versus going through, you know, walking down to, you know, one Main Street? bank financial and you know the local bank and and asking for the same loan more often than not i'm not saying that local credit unions and banks will not do that mm -hmm. they will do that because there is a high well, from their perspective high loan to value um right where they have where they have the security more often than not they won't do that um and the reason being or even if they will do that you're not going to get the same type of loan that you may get with the middle guy. And the reason being is the bank, the bank, even if they are bank funded, the bank is going to know that they're dealing with either a hedge fund. Uh, it could be a hedge fund. It's more than private equity fund that has, let's say yours is 50,000 a piece. You got 10 of them, $500,000. Mm -hmm. You're looking for 250,000 on your 500,000. We're keeping it super simple, right? Okay. So you're getting 250,000 on your 500,000. They know if it goes upside down, they have the assets to back the loan. So, but we're talking about a, a lower or middle market as far as from the financer's perspective. And that's what I'm trying to explain or give whenever we're volleying this. Mm -hmm. From the financier's perspective, they're, they're, having, they're mitigating the risk and they can capitalize on a market that banks generally don't focus on because the banks would rather deal with a singular fin fiduciary financial entity that's doing hundreds or thousands of these at a time because they have more security in that since they 
the middleman that you probably will be dealing with has a diversified portfolio, or if they're using their own funds, it could be their own model, right? Their own internal model, but they're hedging that middle risk between the two. So the takeaway I'm getting from here from, as opposed to a conventional bank loan, as, as opposed to what we're talking about, the uh, asset backed or based funding, um, it, the, the bank isn't, this isn't a niche market and you'd probably have a better likelihood of getting somebody that's familiar with your market and its ebbs and flows and ups and downs and what have you and Correct. to take on a, you know, kind of a questionable risk, you know, good or bad, questionable, but not enough information for them to pull the trigger, a conventional bank to pull the trigger because it's not a niche market for them. And if things start to go squirrely, I think the bank's probably gonna stay status quo as far as, you know, repayment. Is there any flexibility in, a, in an asset? Um, Back loan? Yeah, there's, so there's always flexibility right. in anything. And I know that sounds very vague and umbrella-esque, but I've seen huge uh, $50, 70000000 million lawsuits and deals that both sides had valid points mm-hmm. be completely settled with a meeting of the minds or whatever. So yeah, there's, con- contract is king in this scenario. But yeah, there's always flexibility because as long as you keep an open line of communications, as you know, um, banks, middlemen, self-funded private equity, they all just want, number one, honestly, security. Number two, in those uncertain times, open lines of communication. Right. And that's that's coming from a non-legal perspective. That's coming from a personal perspective. Um from small to large, open lines of communication is key in these types of things on the front end and on the back end. So can you give me a Cliff Notes version as far as how asset-backed funding works? Like, you know, if I'm not gonna go the, the conventional loan route and I wanna, you know, do what you're talking about. Okay, let's say you tried to go the conventional loan route or the credit line route from your local right. bank. Could be any of the big box banks, uh, national banks. It just ain't, it's not happening, right? You're, you, they have other, right. So more how, how do I go, ab, go about finding people that are, you know, entities that are willing to, to do something like this? Oh, they're everywhere. If you look, however, in my opinion, uh, and this is literally me spitballing here, 80 plus percent, and you, you've seen Shark Tank, 80 or more percent of the funding companies are going to take advantage of people that are unknowing, right? Right. Venture capitalists. Correct. Uh, hard money. They call it hard money. Right. Um, so it, <laughs> you hit me with a weird one. I guess they, we, we actually have um, both sides networks with tons of reputable uh, asset based funding, but you can look it up online. More than likely, the top the top notch ones are going to be the. Um, sometimes they are the reputable ones. I know. I, I talked to some of the owners of some of these companies. However, more often than not, it won't be. Or most of the top first page is really good SEO. <laughs> so if so if so if I'm you know Joe Main Street electrician and but I've got a lot of business coming in. And I simply don't have the credit worthiness to get 
a conventional loan to grow my business, but I got tons of assets. Mm -hmm. And how would I, so so the point as far as me going to find somebody that's willing to fund me based on those assets, so am, am I just if if you're not gonna if you're not gonna contact us at Commercial Cash Flow Show, which is fine, I would start with local banks first. They'll know because okay. they're because they're more more often than not backdoor deals kinda, or, kinda, or, or kinda lending in, to these in companies. In the bed with some yes, of these, some exactly. of these guys. Yeah, I've, I've and, experienced the same thing with auto loans, and those will be more reputable banks also want to deal with reputable companies mm-hmm. after your local banks go to your more nationalized banks right. uh, but go to your local uh, bank managers or uh, the commercial business side of the local I mean the national banks they'll they will have contacts um, there's a few associations but I don't want to start plugging things right now without having done the full gamut of research because there's also associations that were created uh, nefariously. Sure. So it sounds to me like this is a topic that is, that is probably going to bear merit further discussion. Uh, you know, uh, click on the link to subscribe. Yes, to absolutely. The, to, to the podcast. We, we'll, we, we can certainly keep you up to date with by, you know, what we find out later on. By lieu of the amount of questions that we have regarding such, uh, I would assume that we'll definitely be delving in more tertiary aspects of this because we're going last week we had a question since we had a bunch uh we answered one generalized super broad brush Mm -hmm. um what was the guy that had the uh afro painted remember when he was finishing up the uh, paints bob uh, uh bob ross bob ross Bob Ross, we're doing the super broad brush where you feather it right now. That was last week. Happy trees. Happy trees. Happy trees. The clouds would never look correct until he just. And then you're like, oh, wow. Because I thought I could paint like Bob Ross until he feathered it. Final final feather stroke. The Bob Ross touch. How did this manifest into a perfect painting right after you hit it with this five inch wide brush? So we did that last week. Smaller feathering brush this week, but I'm assuming, considering where this is organically growing, mm-hmm. we're going to be hitting, uh, like you said, the. So there's real property backed. You can do that. There's um, asset. So we'll call it. I've seen airplanes put up to back loans. I've seen all sorts of weird stuff. I've seen grass put up. The guy laid out. 36 acres of fresh grass grass. and put that up as collateral. It was almost $6,000 worth of grass. And he put up his collateral for the bank. They gave him the loan. I have so many questions running through my mind right now. Who knows? 36 acres is a lot more than $6,000 in my opinion. So the loan was $6,000. That's that's what he got. He got the loan for $6,000. I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, that's okay. But, All right, but, to the to, next point. But to speak to what you're yes, talking about, is there's no telling what you, you could you could put up. Anything just, is possible. Almost everything is possible, considering what well, apparently, I don't even, I, I, I want to know what type of grass it was now. <laughs> I want to know what the soil content was, the pH levels, all that. It was Kentucky bluegrass. <laughs> I don't know what it was. So 36 acres. Wow. Impressive. True story. 
So, goes to show you, if you have assets, you could potentially get some funding behind it. We'll certainly be delving into that uh, topic uh, I think, more in depth later on. I think another, uh, uh, before we wrap up this question, another uh, valid point to make is you got you have got to know your numbers. You got to know your numbers. Sure. Even your preemptive knowledge on your own numbers going in. Well, even to know your numbers so you're not, you know, you're not getting hosed with, you know, whatever that's, sort. That's a whole nother issue. Money, I.e. the guy with the grass. Exactly. He, well, he had well and above $6,000 worth of grass, but they laid claim to all of it and were willing to lend him the 6,000 bucks yeah. knowing they had, but probably five times that amount. And I'm sure we'll get into this in a separate week, but let's say you do have an asset <laughs> that you have equity in mm -hmm. meaning you're not upside down. And if <clears throat> you're a business owner and you don't know what upside down is, then I can't, exp I mean, I guess I can expound. You owe more on the loan than the asset is worth at this point. Happens quite often uh, because of the terms of the loan on different physical assets, right? You drive a Mercedes off the lot, <coughs> could be any brand of manufacturer. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. You lose 10% as soon as you 10, pull 15, out sometimes 20%, right? Right when you drive you pull out of the drive driveway. Yeah. So you could be upside down, but if you're not upside down, if you go asking for a loan on your equity, equity line of credit or equity loan or an asset-based loan, same type of scenario, uh -huh. and you don't know your numbers, somebody that has money that's wanting their money to make money will not feel comfortable from the onset of that relationship starting. Exactly. And so if you don't know your numbers, not only- You could you, go in overpricing. You could be hosed. And, and thinking you own more than you actually do, or you could go in and, and lowball and, and get taken advantage as, as far as- As soon as people value. that know numbers really well start talking to people that don't know their own numbers, they start backing up extremely yep. quickly. And it's because you don't know your own numbers. Which speaks to what you were talking about. Yeah. Know, know your math before you go in there. Yeah, uh, take whatever time it takes to, to understand where you stand and know what you're doing. That's part of business, know, know your numbers. Absolutely. So there was another uh, topic that came up, uh, invoice factoring and specifically what is construction invoice factoring, which reminds me, because it sounds like breaking factoring, little Stevie broke his leg the other day. I went to go see him in the hospital. He's doing all right, he's a tough kid. I wrote, you are stupid on his cast. He's like, Gore, why are you writing stupid on my cast? He's related to Vinny. He's like, Gore, why are you, why are you writing stupid on my cast? <laughs> It's like, I'm at an insult to injury. Ah! <laughs> Smacked him in the head and I went about my way. But anyway, Stevie's gonna be okay. Oh, yeah, nobody's from Transylvania. <laughs> Nobody is from Transylvania. I want so, to suck so, your blood. So back to what we were talking about. What is invoice factoring is specifically what is construction invoice factoring? I've got a real layman's understanding as far as what this means. I'm hoping you can delve into the finer points of it. So also asset-based funding. Invoice is an asset. Until it's not, then it's, then it's, then it's just, then it gets sticky. Then it's just it money could be a liability. Over. You could be throwing good after bad, but I digress. An invoice is an asset. A valid invoice is always an asset. 
So invoice factoring, especially construction invoice factoring is lending a certain amount of money on your invoices. You're going to get an upfront uh, fee or you're going to pay an upfront fee. You're also going to get an upfront funding. What would I typically look at in that circumstance? Let's just, let's just say I've got $10,000 with outstanding invoices. What am I looking at? How many clients? Uh, let's say five. Okay. Each one of those clients are going to be run through a backend system, whatever the, 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 the middleman, the fiduciary, the, um, not the fiduciary, the funding source mm-hmm. requires themselves internally. They, they're going to check whatever types of checks that they want to do, liability checks, right? Not on you, on your clients that owe. So let's say you have 10000 So it's not necessarily my credit worthiness. It could be the credit worthiness of the people I'm doing business with. nothing to do with your credit worthiness. Wow. Almost everything to do with the credit worthiness of who you're doing business with, which is a separate factor that's a benefit. Absolutely. Because they're doing the legwork and they're checking it for you. However, let's say that in this weird world that we're now creating, of the $10,000 that you're owed between five clients, each of them is exactly $2,000, which... I don't know if I've ever seen this exact scenario happen, but hey, we're in the Minecraft of uh, creating <laughs> stories. Eight of your people check out to be um, A-level credit worthiness with the funding source. Mm-hmm. And I said, did I say eight? I mean, four, eight? which is $8,000 $8, is completely fundable. $2,000 are like, we don't even know if this entity exists, whatever. You're okay. doing business with some errant entity. That 2000 you can throw it right out the window. Mm-hmm. The other $8,000, you are going to get a, again, loan to value. So an upfront funding. They're usually going to call on construction ones or, or you're going to have to have an, um, on an AIA contract like we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. It would be the architectural sign-off on that, that monthly scope of work. So you'd right. have to have a signature on the G702, is it? And then, or if it's a standard contractual invoice, they'd want to see the contract, the invoice, and then they would call the, let's say you're working directly with the general contractor. Right. They would call the general contractor and verify that that scope of work was done. And in turn, that usually the general contractor unless. So let's say we go through, we jump through all those hoops, we get all that, that done. It's actually not as hard as it sounds because once you get a system in place, boom. Once that's all done, and let's say I've got four of my 10 receivables that they deem loan worthy. Let's say 8,000. So yeah. I, I could get 8,000 bucks. No, no. Eight thousand. Okay, I have $8,000 worth of invoices. How right. much of that could I get? Okay, we're going that's, that's very, loan, loan very to generalized. So if we have a shotgun and it has a spray like this, uh-huh. we're acting like it's a sniper. It's not. You, this is all contractually worked out. Depends right. on the amount of your net terms. It depends on the amount of time you're standardly being paid by that client. If you have some prior receivables history, uh, the better the terms for the money coming back, how long does it take their dollars to come back to them? Uh, the better your terms is going to be for the funding because there's a time value. To All money, right. right. So if I'm looking for a six month loan, my terms are going to be pretty good. If I'm looking for well, three, it's not three it, years. It's not a loan. Well, mind you, I'm I'm factoring your invoices. So if your invoices are standard bill net thirty for this client, uh-huh. and they standardly pay net sixty, you're going to have a higher base percentage probably that you're going to be paying because. They've been averaging 60. 
hopefully the factor can get them down to 30, but that's going to be the middleman working it out. Um, but let's, let's say they fund you 75%. This, this would be pretty typical. Okay. That was a high pitch pretty, but, um, pretty typical 75% of your loan to value, uh, 8,000, 8, in invoice that are verified. Mm -hmm. So the 2000 at the beginning just chunked out. Uh, we're not going to lend on them. We don't even know if that's a real company. The 8,000, I'm going to give you 75% on. Of the 75%, right off the bat, you're going to be paying a certain uh, funding fee. It's going to be a flat rate. In the trucking industry, it's very low. It's okay. a very low percentage. A lot of factors like to only stick with trucking. Trucking is a very is a way more secure process than uh, construction. That being because construction throws every variable in the pot and just stirs it around. There's still some very reputable factors in construction, but trucking, you get you usually have purchase orders. You have delivery tickets. You have a loading ticket. Yeah, I mean, you have just, um, what is it called? ED electric dot data. Uh, that, there's a system that almost all trucking companies use for right. data interchange. Um, so the data interchange system, just anybody plug into it. And if they have access to the data, you're getting very, very clean data on the entire process makes the loan way more secure because right. you, you got GPS, the whole nine. We're not talking about transportation, although I just did. So <laughs> on the construction aspect, once it's verified and they'll loan the 75%, give or take, it's going to be, might be 70. So you get that initial injection. If it was $10,000, you get 7,500 bucks right off the bat. However, you already know that 2%-ish one to two percent, they're taken right out off the off the top. That's in addition to the, the 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 fee to set up the loan in the first place. So, so is that that's is a, that that's, like a, a, that's a weird thing? one. That's a weird one because some include that fee in the in the base percentage. Mm -hmm. So it's, call it commissions. The base rate the base rate includes their admin fee and all that stuff like that. So, on ten thousand dollars, you would pay two hundred dollars. That includes their fee. Some say, oh, we're only charging 1.5% or 1%, but then they have the admin fee for every transaction. It's going to be 50, 30 bucks, uh, 50 bucks, $75. Right. So you have to know your numbers again, but let's just call it around about 2%. It's not, sometimes it's not that high, depending on the reputation of the general or prime that you're working so with. So I'm looking at a potential 75% loan to value as far as the value of my invoices. Initial injection. You're gonna have it tomorrow or within three days of, gotcha. of the verification of the- I've got some loan fees, processing admin fees. They could be hidden, not necessarily not disclosed, but they could be hidden in what's charged to me. So understand your numbers, yes. know your numbers as well as theirs. Know your contract. Uh, know your contract. Um, so I'm good at, on $10,000, I'm looking at an initial injection of, let's just say- 7,500. About 75. 7,500, I've Give seen all the way up to in construction. I've seen 85% in construction. Rare, but I've seen 85%. Now, what are the loan repayment terms? That's the key. It's not a loan. It's not, a, well- You just told depends me. Depends on the state. Loan. Depends on the state, there's a non-recourse uh, factor. That's what I'm saying, we could go about this for eight hours and I could keep on talking about the variables. However, they're factoring your invoice as the asset. It's been verified. They've gone through all the upfront processes. Mm -hmm. You get the 75%, let's say. You know you're gonna pay the 2%. You're 
you're going to be funded on the outstanding 23% in some delta off of when that invoice is paid. Okay. So if I'm the factor, I just gave you 7,500 bucks after having to do my internal process. I have nothing. So I'm out 7,500. Then I get paid the $10,000, let's call it 60 days later, like they were normally paying you. Even though you were billing them net 30, you were getting the money net 60. And at that point, so I'm throwing another variable in there. Usually the bill, the, the terms usually are around 30 to 45 days. That's gonna be your base fee terms. Then there's gonna be another adder for an X amount percentage kick kicker every week sometimes, every 14 days sometimes, every month. Um, so let's go with the standard 14 days. Mm -hmm. So 45 days, base 2%, then every 15 days or two weeks, whatever you wanna, I know 14 is two weeks, but um, they're gonna add another half percent. So now, now it's not, not very, very likely, this is, this is the real numbers that I'm dealing with here. So now you're paying two and a half percent because it rolled. Mm -hmm. It rolled into off of the base terms. It wasn't paid inside the 45, even though you build net 30, but they usually pay net 60. You're two weeks over terms, two and a half percent. Now you're only getting back 22 and a half percent instead of 23%. But as soon as the factor's paid, depending on their remittance for that delta, which would be the 22 and a half now, uh, you'll, usually it is weekly, but sometimes it's bi-weekly. Rare, rarely do I see it monthly because they know that this cash is pretty important. So it seems to you get me the other that this sort of $2, loan is kind of you really have no other choices and you need a fast injection um, of cash. I wouldn't say no other choices. I would say you definitely can't self-fund it. You're in a growth pattern. Well, I'm not saying you don't have any other choices. You always have choices. But as far as the choices to be made, this seems to be uh, one that's probably a little more on the expensive side, but could give you something a conventional loan with a bank couldn't, and that's immediacy. Correct. A and being able to work with you on the terms as to repayment going forward, as, as opposed to it being just black and whites. It, so if all things done. are normal in your business model, yeah. i.e., you're not a, you're not going under, you're not losing money. Sure, and they'll they'll tend to check this out on the front end balance sheets and different things like that. This is a very good way to grow your business if you have the margin built in, and that's probably should have mentioned when I said expensive. I mean expensive for the long term. Absolutely. Short, short term. Absolutely. Quick band-aid fix. This sounds like a very viable and effective option. But if you're looking for a long-term fix, you you could be paying this for the rest of your life. So if you're already slim margins, mm -hmm. let's say single digit margins, and you have long net terms, you might be looking at making zero dollars right. under optimal conditions if and I think that does, doesn't necessarily apply to what the loan does. It applies to the business model. It applies to the business model. Right. So if you have the margin built in, everybody's business model is different. If mm -hmm. the margin is built into your business model, it's a super viable way to grow your business. 
However, if the margin's not built in, you're not growing your business. That could be another topic. And you're going in the hole. <laughs> that could be another topic for the uh, commercial cash flow. I, we actually probably should talk about that, even though we don't have any questions on that. Too many people think that my business is doing 20 million a year. My business is doing 50 million a year. Yeah, well, how much did you profit? How much did you spend, right? If your business is doing 50 million and you spent $49,990,000 after everything, is it really doing that good? Even though you're profitable at 50 million, you're not really. I mean, there's people that have ice cream stands that are doing better. And, so, and therein lies the margin. Exactly. So that's a whole nother issue that we, we should probably talk about. My grandfather told me when I was pretty young. We'll talk you, were, about, you were pretty? I wasn't pretty and young. I was relatively young. You know, Einstein's theory of special relativity. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the very discombobulated gist of that question. Well, I think that's a good way to address it, and it certainly uh, extrapolated some some side uh, some side conversations we should have definitely on on some other shows. You know, as it as it relates to you know what are the different components of of asset based funding, and you know when does it make sense and when does it not make sense, and then and then the the more uh, the the bigger part that I saw come out of this is you know how do I know when I'm making money. If I've, you know, to use your example, I'm making five hundred million dollars a year, but I'm paying out four hundred. If you're making five hundred million dollars a year and you don't have an entire accounting system in place to know on a daily basis if you're not making or making money, then <laughs> give bad, me a call. Bad example. Give me a call. Give give Brandon a call. <laughs> we will literally help you delineate, dude. I got a cut bait. I'm upside down. I'm spending seven hundred million to make five hundred million because. If you got up to that large of a company and you don't know, <laughs> you got issues. All right. Issues. Let me talk to you about issues. Somebody broke into my house. I didn't tell you about this. Last week, somebody broke into my house. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not kidding you. They stole the coffee pot. They stole my lamp and my parrot. Weird stuff to be stealing, right? I don't know. I can't figure out. I don't know how they sleep at night. Anyway, thank you for joining the Commercial Cash Flow Show. So I had a buddy, speaking of which, he parked his car at the local bar. And uh, he takes antidepressants, and he had left some in the uh, console, and somebody stole them while he was at the bar. And he calls me up, and he goes, I hope they're really happy with the decision that they made. Taking his antidepressants. I get it. Just like <laughs> carrot and the parrot, the coffee. Like, I don't know how they sleep at night. Oh, they. Dad jokes on the commercial cash flow show. Until next time. Commercial cash flow show.